who've received loose change at a 7-Eleven and never thought of that giant penny in the Batcave. There are men who've applied mosquito repellent while camping and never thought of using shark repellent while dangling from the Batcopter. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Boss. Two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special guest grown-ass man, Sam Mastandrea. So we are here on East 63rd Street. 128 East 63rd at the Society of Illustrators. Did you even know this place existed? I didn't even know this was a, a thing. And I know. we're here today to see the John Romita Spider-Man show. I mean, it's a legit museum. It's a beautiful brownstone that's been transformed into a museum. We're going to talk to uh, the people who run the Society of Illustrators, and we're going to look at the artwork with our friend Sam. Sam ah, Andrea, Official grown-ass man. My name is Jason Goodfriend. I'm the uh, social media and marketing coordinator at the Society of Illustrators. That's where we are right now. Uh, so tell me about this, the, the, the John Romita collection. And it's, it's, it's not just John Romita, it's a Spider-Man collection. It's, it's the most incredible original art of Spider-Man I've ever seen in one place. I, I think it is actually the largest that's ever been on display of original Spider-Man um, drawings. So the collection is owned by one person, his name is Mike Berkey. Um, he's a collector. He's a fanatic. He's a, a madman. His collection is absolutely... It's incredible. It's just like he has more Spider-Man stuff than I think uh, I've ever seen in one place before. Um, he's, a, he's kind of a John Romita expert, so a majority of his... Um, collection is of John Romita's artwork and they're kind of they've gotten to have a relationship of sorts so like a lot of the things are personalized from John Romita to Mike as like a like I don't know to his biggest fan or something like that so you a lot see, of the stuff says yeah. best wishes John Romita stuff absolutely like that. yeah yeah they're like they're friends they're buddies I think by this at this point he started building his collection quite a while ago before any of this artwork was actually valuable to anyone, really. Um, I was listening to him talk about how you could just go into the studios and they would just have like milk crates of this art out by the elevators just being thrown out because they didn't need it after it was off to print. You know, they, they didn't need it after they scanned it and started coloring it or whatever. So. Um, he would start, um, he would, he'd be asked by some people to, like, to, if they were interested in, in um, purchasing his artwork, he'd, he'd say, yeah, you know, like, give me $15,000 for this, and then they'd be like, whoa, that's, that's, like, pretty outrageous price for something like this, and now, of course, the market's kind of caught up with him, so, um, some of those pieces are um, worth, you know, thirty thousand, a hundred thousand a piece. Yeah, and they're beautiful. I actually brought some of my old comics, old Romita Spider-Man comics, with me in my backpack today, and 
um, I was looking at uh, the Doc Ock wins page upstairs, and it's so clear. Like the original pencils are just gorgeous. It, it, it retains all that, you know, vitality from when you know this '66 or whenever they were written. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the stuff that you like in the collection? Um. I don't know. I I just I like the way that um, like from a structural standpoint, I guess I don't really um, follow the comic too much, but uh, the sequential art form is just outstanding, and and it's like there's nothing else quite like it. And the way that John Romita has laid out his panels and 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 just sort of they just flow in a in a very unique way like having that work next to maybe one of the other artists work it's like very distinct has john ramita come here to see this show we had a an opening reception and so he was here along with his son who's also a very um prominent uh spider-man artist it was a big party <laughs> we had oh. like a line around the block <laughs> it's <was> crazy <laughs> This old building um, has been here for a very long time. It was once a um, an actual house and had a stable on the ground floor. So uh, I think it was the assistant to J.P. Morgan uh, who owned this house and actually had um, his carriage was able to drive through the front of the building into the back. So that's how long it's been here long enough for for that to for the primary transportation to be horse and buggy you know it's um uh the society at that point was um was not here it was in 1901 uh founded a little further downtown and in 1939 moved to this location We've also just recently acquired the collection of the um, Museum of um, Comic and Cartoon Art. Uh, the MOCA collection is, um, is now our collection as well. So going forward, about half of our shows are going to be devoted to comic-related art. Um, so we we've typically have had a lot of traditional illustration, a lot of Golden Age illustration stuff, and not many Golden Age comic stuff, but it's, that could change. Do you have the MoCA space, too, or is it just this space? Yeah, the, the MoCA space um, that they had is empty now, um, and we have the uh, one of our floors in this building is now dedicated to um, that museum. How long is this show? What are the dates of this show? The Spider-Man exhibit is going to be going on until August 26th, so under a month left for you to, to experience that, so everyone has to come see you while they can, because I don't know where it's going next. Let's look at look this. Look, right right look, look right behind you. Spider-Man 50. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> that really is amazing. How many times have you seen that cover? 
a million times. So, with Sam, Adam and I toured the exhibit, starting at the top, the third floor. Hung on all the walls were black and white, penciled and inked comic book pages, all Spider-Man pages, lettered with the word balloons, late 60s, early 70s, and each page is big, basically double the size of a comic book. And we're seeing all these pages before they got colored and shrunk down into printing size. And a lot of them have notes in blue pencil in the margins from editors or from artists about how to fix certain elements or things to add. Some pages are cobbled together, lots of drawings from somewhere else exacto knifed out and rubber cemented into their final place. Three floors of this stuff here at the Society of Illustrators. And somehow in black and white, it makes a colorful guy like Spidey look even more beautiful. You see like the lines, where the lines were changed on yeah. this? So this is the first art that John Romita ever did for, for Spider-Man. This issue? This issue right here. This is 39. this page. This, oh, wow. this panel is the first Spider-Man, because Ditko did up to 38, and this is the splash page of 39. It is a little more Ditko-esque, but it also could be the inks. And then, also, it's signed by John Romita and by Stan Lee. Wow. So I would say this is worth upwards of $100. <laughs> Probably at least $120. Romita had Mary Jane down. down. <laughs> she looks amazing, even like cartoonish in every book. It's like, you're still like, whoa, Mary Jane. And Gwen, too. I mean, look at Gwen, Gwen Stacy looks fantastic. Right, early Gwen. That's, uh, we're looking at issue 46, 1967. Man, this is just so incredible to see it up close. Oh, man, it's super cool. Uh, Adam said, you mentioned the same thing I did, where it, it, it's almost a shame that some of the books weren't this, si this size to actually kind of... Like treasury edition yeah, size. Um, yeah. Well, really up to... So, um, all these issues up to 53 have the larger size pages... They're like, what are they like, you know, maybe they're 14 by 17 or 18 or something like that. And then after that, the comic book company wanted to save money and they thought that um, comic book artists could get more pages, more work done in a smaller format. So they made the pages that they drew on smaller, starting at Spider-Man 53 Most or 54. The, the guys trying to ink the, ink the very tiny Oh, and the artists, they didn't, they didn't like it either. <laughs> There's some text in the margin, in the margins, and I'm trying to figure out who, who's... Uh, I bet, I bet they're notes from Stan or from somebody, because there's another one that says uh, that one of the characters is too big. Like here... It says, isn't Ox too big? So it's like, and then it says, it'll be the goblin's last gobble. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know who's, who's making that comment, but I bet it's Stan. That's a thought, right? Because that's how there was a, that collaborative sort of work. Like, I need you to show this action and this page, and then like, it's, that's probably where they would have put the, put the notes. I love also the... Uh, Stanley titles that are so Shakespearean in weird ways. <laughs> like, all the titles are like, And Then Came Electro. Right. What a tangled web we weave. Oh, bitter victory. Oh, bitter victory, yeah. <laughs> oh, member? Wow. How green was my goblin? <laughs> this 
I remember this clearly. We're looking at issue 46. Oh, the Sinister Shocker. Oh, yeah. man. Stanley John Romita Spiderific Spectacular. Well, this is cool. So there's uh, an image of a building in silhouette, and then there's some tree like foliage and floor, like a bare winter tree, but it's done in whiteout on top of the the uh, silhouette. So you can see this tree, but so they're doing whiteout on top of the inks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go down to the second floor and see what they got. I love this. This is. Um, the splash page from issue 48. I always loved how Ramita would do snow. Right. It's awesome. And this is, uh, oh, this is probably a, a nice early vulture appearance. There's issue 90 over here in the corner behind the trees, which is uh, Captain Stacy's death. It's buried oh. behind the trees. Oh, yeah. It really is behind these trees. Here, let's move this. Let's move this bush aside. It's like it's in the jungle. Oh my God! Yeah, I love this issue. It's a, it's a classic. So Doc Ock drops all that that cornice from the yeah the top of the building. Captain Stacy jumps and saves that little kid and gets killed. Issue ninety, page eighteen. Really nice. Yeah. Oh, and here's the next page where. Captain Stacy dies, but it's even further. It's like this is like going to Cambodia to actually see this. You have to move aside all this. Yeah, that's nice. Where he reveals he knew uh, his secret identity. Classic. Yeah, you don't bury this behind a fern. Yeah, that's come crazy. on. That's this it's is just, just a mistake. It's insulting. <laughs> it's something not right. So. Is Romita the definitive Spider-Man? He he might be, but but <laughs> look at the Ditko stuff that they have on this wall. Oh, now we're talking, man. So this is Amazing Spider-Man, issue thirty-three, pages two, three, four, and five. The original pages of thirty-three. Yeah. So these are four Steve Ditko pages that we're looking at, and they are the, the greatest Spider-Man pages ever. And they're all four original pages right here. That's such an amazing issue. And also to see them in real size. This is the original size the pages were, right? You always assume everything's done uh, comic book size, so to see it huge, it's amazing. He knows exactly what he's doing as he's doing it, you know? It's not like, oh, re-race a lot and do all that. And this scene also is in the new Spider-Man movie. This scene of him, the stuff, yeah, the stuff collapses on Spider-Man and he, he thinks, oh, if I gave up now, nobody would know. But then he can't give up, so he gets out of it. And that's, that's they totally put that scene in the new Spider-Man Homecoming. I can't believe they got the original pages there. All four of them. Yeah. All four of them. He, in, I didn't know they still existed. Well, but who would think that one person would own the four most important Spider-Man pages? I agree. 
you can see it live happening, turning into the modern era of the way it looks, as opposed to like even like you know Amazing Fantasy 15 and number one, number two, like it's so much more modern looking in the way he draws his body. Thinking the same thing, he evolved because you look at those early. It's kind of primitive and it's a little kind of blocky. You know, it's not this. He almost seems to evolve like Ditko almost seems to evolve in these four pages. Like because the Spider-Man that that is in that fourth page, lifting the thing off, is almost modern. I mean, here's the other question: This is '66. Does that beg the question? Did like Kirby? Like, you know, having maybe him see a lot of Kirby stuff or other artists maybe have an influence. Well, I'm reading the very first Thor thread. I'm done with it. I read it. So it's like 20 issues. And you see Kirby basically become someone in the 50s, like nondescript, become him in 20 issues. It's incredible. So they, like, they're probably all hanging out looking at each other in a way like... Like the Beatles, like, all right, we're just going to keep topping ourselves. Yeah. It feels like they're striving to get somewhere else. I mean, you can really see it. So, Adam, what's your what's your takeaway? You see all this art in person, all this black and white, Ditko art, Ramita art, Gilt Kane. What's your takeaway? My main takeaway is I look at a page from issue 113 is that Hammerhead is not in enough issues of Spider-Man. <laughs> And come on, look at Hammerhead, man. He's got that flat head. <laughs> I also feel like there's so much... Uh, the, the stuff that the villains say, just like, you know, you could put it all in Donald Trump's mouth and it would sound right. <laughs> like, I grow weary of your ceaseless interruptions. Question for both of you. I'm going to read some quotes from uh, either Marvel supervillains or from the 45th president of the United States. And you have to tell me whether the quote is from Donald Trump or from another person. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here's the first one. We will extinguish this vile enemy from our planet. <laughs> I, I, I think that that's more doom than, than DJT on uh, this one. That sounds like Dr. Doom to you? What do you think, Adam? <laughs> just, I'm going to go with the wild and say it's Trump. Yeah, that's Donald Trump. That's insane! That's Donald Trump. <laughs> Okay, number two is, um, this planet shall sustain me until it has been drained of all elemental life. <laughs> That's definitely Trump. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we know. Well, but, but if it was Trump, wouldn't it be his country instead of planet? Yeah. Um, if that is Galactus. That's also Galactus. Galactus, <laughs> Galactus has a lot of good quotes. Um... There is no power on Earth, no intellect in all creation to equal mine. That sounds like Doc Ock. 
feelings, Adam? Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I was thinking that it was like almost like Red Skull or something like that. It's Dr. Doom. Dr. That's Dr. Victor Doom. Von Doom. Dr. Doom. Wow, okay, okay. But, but similarly, let me read you another one. My IQ is one of the highest, and you all know it. <laughs> Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. <laughs> God damn, Trump is too much. Yeah, that's Trump. Jesus! That's, that's Donald Trump. <laughs> Verbatim. We're going to call this game verbatim and just... Uh, you have to laugh, because if you don't laugh, you know, like, it's just... Uh... Sam, thank you so much for uh, this idea of coming to the Society of Illustrators. What? Any last thoughts on the art we saw today? My last thought is I'm trying to figure out a way I can get a sleeping bag and just <laughs> sleep in the exhibit for the remainder uh, of the exhibit in the last 10 days and not leave. That's my thoughts. <laughs> I bet so, uh, they seem nice in there. They'll probably let you do it. Grown-ass man.